Kid. That was Lonely Heights. Um, let's get the camera back in view. Excuse me. Oh, jeez. I am wearing pants. We're short. Sorry for that. They're short. They're really short. So, uh, yeah, no ads. Sorry, I'm out of breath. I was running to the studio in such a fucking excited mood to uh, do this podcast. And if you could, I got this camera angle. You're like, First of all, Provo Kid, fix the fucking camera. It's autofocusing like a motherfucker, and I'm going to figure that out soon. But I got, I got this view because that's... Dude, catch your breath before you start a podcast, kid. I got the bishop's chairs behind me. I mean, this fucking room smells like a goddamn church right now. Look at this. Three chairs. That means me and two guests. It's coming up. And it's not... Uh, an intervention or anything like that either. It's just going to be a podcast interview. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm not really going to say who the first guest is because I'm just not going to. You know, I like surprises. But, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. Holy shit. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is the Provo Kid, uh, the number one podcast in Provo for lots of reasons. Um, one, it's original. Two, nobody's doing it like I'm doing it in Provo. And... People think, oh, you're around so many Mormons, Provo. Kid, actually, I ran into an atheist today. Let's fix this camera because I don't want to look up all the time. The camera is essentially for, how would you put it? And I think I left that fucking fan on again. God damn, dude. Just so amateur sometimes in this podcast. But uh, I'm really not bothered by it because it's part of how you learn, I would say. Oh, please work. Um, I hope this works. The camera's not working for some reason. Uh, when I do this fucking... Dude, it's so frustrating. Like, people talk about podcasts and, you know, um, this and that. And it's weird. So this camera wants to work for this podcast. So this camera's going to be the one that's going to be... Gonna be working, and I'm gonna go turn off that uh, that fan so the the audio quality is just not absolutely dog shit. This whole podcast. Good news, everybody! It is turned off. I'm fucking losing my mind. This podcast. It's just so many things going on. We're gonna go to this live scene, and maybe that'll like uh, comfort me. Perhaps a little bit in, as far as like how I'm trying to get this this podcast going. Um, here we go. Oh, oh th this seems much better. Uh, 
Welcome, everybody. I'm super excited to do this podcast. I always feel grateful I get to do it, and just it's just fun. You know, this is my time to myself, dude. This is my day, dude. This is what I get to do. This is my... F- is this... Am I still... Is this still the same fucking camera? Fuck, dude. I need to figure this out, man. Uh, why am I just... Why is this... Why am I so inept right now? Is that a word? Inept? I want this camera angle, but even this one's like kind of... There we go. There we go. That's that's the Provo Kid view everybody knows and loves. Um, so what, what's going on today, Provo Kid? Why are you here? What would you bring us to this podcasting forum for? Um, I brought you to the podcasting zone. This is my podcasting zone. Welcome, everybody, to uh, where I'm podcasting and you're listening. Check out the new mic. I don't think I forgot about little old red here. I got two mics, and that's because, as I already referenced earlier, we're turning this into a little bit of a studio for me to talk to, I don't know, local Utah legends, um, maybe like Hollow Hill or something like that. Who knows, man? We'll get there one day. And I'm stoked to just kind of create and expand and level up, uh, but that doesn't stop me. And there's an individual today who kind of tried to stop me from blessing the Lord upon them. And I don't, I mean, how much offense do you take to this? You tell me everybody. Uh, so I'm at the grocery store and this lady sees my hoodie, Jay Hudson tie dye. Go look him up. I ref, I give him shout outs and, uh, Jay Hudson tie dye again, another shout out. And she's all, dude, I have like people follow me around the store and it's maybe because I'm wearing these shorts. Maybe you can see. Watch out. Let me change the camera. This is where camera change is quite effective. Quite effective. See these short shorts? That's where the camera change is quite effective. Well, you need two cameras. But even then, that was fucking terrible. So anyways, uh, sorry about how fucking all over the place this podcast is. It's just the Provo Kid, dude. And I'm in the grocery store. This lady's obviously just... And she's she's got a... Do I give out too many details? How many details do I give about this lady? I'm the Provo kid. It is a small town. Let's no details. She's a lovely lady. A little bit older. She pushes a cart. Of course, she's in a grocery store. So I'm in the grocery store, and I'm in the section where they sell adult beverages. And uh, she has no business in this aisle. Most people don't in Utah County, and um, or at least wherever I usually go and. Provo or Utah, get to the point, Provo kid. And she says, love the hoodie. Who is it? Where do I get one? Said, uh, Jay Hudson tie-dye. That's like the fifth time I shout him out. Well, where do, she's like, where do you find them all? Instagram or TikTok? That's the best place to find Jay Hudson tie-dye. It's, you can't Google the guy. Go ahead. Probably find the Google link to his tie-dye uh, TikTok, whatever, whatever. And she's I love it. Let's just, ah, blah, 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 blah. And I say, thank you so much. I have a great day. God bless you. And she looks. Okay. She looks back. She says, oh, I'm atheist. Let's just make her nice. She said, but thank you. No, she didn't say, but thank you. Because then I said this. Oh, I'm atheist. I don't believe in God. And I said, nonetheless, God bless you still. And I walked on because, hey, lady, 
it doesn't matter if you don't believe in God. I'm giving you his blessing. You know what I mean? It doesn't, that's not how it works. You don't get to tell me uh, the blessings I'm bestowing upon you don't work. That's, you know what I mean? Like, and that, she's, and he, because she said that she's atheist, and let me just give you guys a rundown of the pro- probability of, uh, what this is where it'd be cool if I had something that flashed up on the screen that said 100%. What's the probability she this this atheist who believes in science is wearing a mask? 100%. 100. Of course she was wearing a mask. God, you know what's funny about these people who wear masks? They all have a giant gut. It's like, oh, I believe the people, oh man, and nothing wrong with that. But it, the whole idea of health, like in science, where like, oh, these, these people are such proponents of science, and they want to inject my body with something, because they don't think I'm healthy. <laughs> it's fucking goofy, and I feel like I'm in 2022, earlier this year, before World War Three kicked off, where everybody still kind of believed in the pandemic, but now it's... Now we got, hey guys, everybody, come on. Now we got it. Now like, hey, they got us. If you fell for it, sorry. Uh, a lot of people did. And I, I, I don't blame you. And I'm like, I'm not one of those, consp- I'm not even conspiracy. I'm just a dude. I'm not one of those people who says, oh man, you're so stupid. Now, here's, here's the truth. I feel sorry for everybody who got fooled by our government again. And the difference between, like, here, here's, here's my where I don't feel sorry for the people who got tricked with COVID. If they fall for the next big thing, and COVID was, like I said this in all my earlier podcasts, COVID was the largest propaganda campaign I have ever witnessed in my entire life, and I lived through and experienced 9-11. I thought maybe even joining the military would be cool for a little bit because fuck those terrorists trying to take away our freedom, am I right? You know what I mean? Any other 8-year-olds feel that? How old was I? No, I was 11 or 10 probably. Any other 10 or 11-year-olds feel an overwhelming sense of patriotism while they're just shoving propaganda and military propaganda down our throats uh luckily my my father told me uh you you know like if you go you go to war chance like and you die like there's nothing else <laughs> i was all really so yeah if you die it's over it's like holy shit fuck that and i i don't really i never really got war when you're a kid because you how can you but it's it's, I don't even know how they made me love war so much. One of my favorite questions to ask people was, what's your favorite war? Can you imagine that? That used to be my favorite question. Hey, dude, what, what's your favorite war? I love 1812. <laughs> well, bro, I'm just fucking out there for the government. Like, yo, war's cool. What's your favorite one? <laughs> I was so autistic, bro. Not even funny, but it's true. Yeah, war's not funny. Uh, but I was just, or even like favorites. What's your favorite? And I, this would this would be a big question I used to ask. If you could fight in any war, what one would it be? Oh, if you were gonna save America, what what one would it be? <laughs> yeah, what a dork. Uh, I don't mind it though. That's who I am. And uh, what else is going on? So, anyways, just that whole atheist situation kind of just threw me for a loop. Like, oh, lady, I'm blessing you. I'm blessing you, I'm blessing you. You're never going to stop me from blessing you. Like, I don't even care. Be an atheist. Be Hindu Satanist. Be whatever you want. Um, But whatever. 
So uh, I thought about a, a couple things. It's interesting. My dad, I talked to my dad today and he told me a couple stories I thought I'd share with the conspiracy community. My dad worked with uh, sex offenders, child rapists. He worked with the worst of the worst for 12 years at the Utah State Prison. My dad was their therapist or whatever. <laughs> and so I used to, I just fucking, my dad would tell me the craziest fucking stories. You don't even know. You don't, People are like, oh, you, beware of strangers. My dad's like, no, oh, he just told me some of the sickest shit sometimes. And unintentionally, by the way. It's just like, I hear this by calling, by just growing up. Anyways, yeah, I said, dad, you know, a lot of conspiracy theorists think uh, all these sex offenders were Satanists. Well, how how many of them were Satanists? <laughs> I've, I've worked with thousands of I've worked with thousands of sex offenders, maybe like one or two. I was like, really? Because for some reason, uh, the the entire internet seems to believe they're all Satanists. <laughs> no, they're everybody. They're I I know bishops. I know priests. I know you know. My dad just went on a list of just how a sex offender. Is every type of person. <laughs> He's all no, you you really can't judge a book by its cover. Like they're not Satanists. Yeah, my dad doesn't sound like Alex Jones, but <clears throat> he does. Uh, or I'm not saying I even try to sound like Alex Jones. That'd be nice if I could. Uh, but I just wanted to share that message with everybody who is into the conspiracy community. And I, I asked my dad maybe if you he'd want to interview him kind of like share that with the world, conspiracy world. My dad's not the end-all, be-all with like, uh, he only worked in one prison trying to uh, reduce the recidivism rate of sex offenders. That's what that's called. My dad was a true hero. <laughs> people don't always tell my mom and dad, my mom, what does she do? Divorces people. Uh, I call that the Lord's work. And my dad, oh, he had another job. He worked with disabled people, right? So it's like disabled people, and high-level psychopaths. Like, my dad loves two, gri- two, two groups of people. Uh, the severely intellectually disabled and the severely intellectually overstimulated, maybe. I don't even know what you would call it because even some of these sex offenders are low IQ, too. Like, it's crazy. Like, there is no, like, it ain't Satanist. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because people are like, oh, man. Like, sometimes when they, the, the conspiracy community is like, oh, man, they're Satanist. No, dude. From my experience, not personally. But from what I've heard from an expert who talked to these people, they're everybody, right? They're everybody. And maybe some of these people pretend to be in religions or pretend to be other things and secretly are Satanists. But even then, uh, if they're really not about the Satanist lifestyle, like I really don't – I think the Satanist lifestyle is a little bit hyped up in the conspiracy community because, I mean, I just don't – it's not the Satan – that's Christianized. I first of all, th- th- this conversation has so many layers and depths when people talk about this. Like, I get that Satanists aren't Satanists too. Like, I understand the religion of child sacrifice is far older than Satan, and we use it as modern Christianity type of people. Like, that's the culture I grew up in. Like, I label that religious group Satanism or Satanists, but clearly they're much older than that. And I know all that stuff. Blah 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 blah. Sometimes the only reason I'm clarifying this is in case anybody listens to this and they're a conspiracy theorists and like he doesn't even know that Satanists really aren't Satanists. And I know that. Um, some of them are though, but 
whatever, man. It's such a complex conversation. And just a, and I'm just a surveyor. I don't really give a fuck about it. I'm just like over here reading the, the headlines. I'm a headline reader, dude. Uh, especially when it comes to conspiracies. And the reason why, you got you, if anybody's interested in conspiracies, the reason you're a headline conspiracy theorist reader is, Jesus Christ, those Mad Max marauders right above me just moving their fucking tiny feet. The reason you're a surveyor for conspiracies, it's simple. You should have never have the amount of time it takes to pour into the fact that the, I mean, how, what would you call it, the October 1st or the Halloween incident? Um, I don't want to say too many keywords because I'm sure there's an algorithm listening to how many words I say that do this, like Vegas. And then I'm going to say a few more words and then like uh, shooting an, a star perhaps, but obviously not a star. But I'm just trying to break this down. You're like, what are you doing, Provocate? You sound like you're gibberish. I just know that uh, there's an algorithm that listens to everything I'm saying. And if I just say things like what I'm trying to say, I'll, it'll be picked up and registered and i'm just trying to avoid some of these things so my podcast stays up as long as possible because people talk about being censored and i think if you're very very nuanced or controlled in your conversation you won't get censored for talking about the las vegas incident uh, a while ago um and anyways the my point bringing that up is the time it takes to even look into that incident if you have the amount of time to look into that incident you have too much time Unless that's like your thing, like you want to do a report, you want to share information. But if you're just like super interested in in that thing, that's weird, bro. I, I'm not saying you shouldn't, people shouldn't be interested in conspiracy theories or any theories, but it's just weird when people want, like, don't go deep, brother, go wide. You know what I mean? Go wide on conspiracy. That way, because you, you want to see how the dots connect. And if you just focus on one fucking tree in the conspiracy theory world, you're going to look like a loony. And most of the times, here's another advice for people who are conspiracy theorists or conspiracy leaning. When you hear conspiracy, don't just start spreading it around. Like, hey, maybe, guess what it is? A limited hangout. And you're, like, they're, they're intentionally, like, here's something that happened locally. I'll talk about local shit, the Provo Kid shit. Someone posted, hey, guys, they're doing this. Like, remember, like, the Black Lives Matter rally, right? And how the black lives, the Provo's all white, pretty much. <laughs> and we don't have a lot of incidences. The cops are great. I, I mean, I'm not even going to go on validating how safe and cool this community is. But anyway, someone said, guys, they're trying to plan a violent protest in Provo. So be safe and be aware. Like, the federal government and everybody knows. Like, And they're spreading this conspiracy theory. And it turns out it was just like one of those stupid little rallies and nothing happened. But this person, this individual, created a narrative where like, oh my God, hey, be careful. There's, ter there's terrible people running around in Provo and they're trying to promote terrible stuff. Like 30 people showed up and they were saying this too. They're from out of state. They're, from, they're not from here. <laughs> they're, not fr they're not from here, these protesters. So... Uh, anyways, dude, I'm curious. I drive down. I'm like, yeah, there's some protesters, but like, who gives a fuck? It's small. No one cares. It's Provo. And so my whole point about bringing any of this up is if you're like a conspiracy theorist, one of the problems people have with like trusting people who believe in conspiracies or look into them is the fact that a lot of the times when people encounter information, they regurgitate it as if it's like gospel truth or Bible truth or whatever truth. And you lose people's trust. So like my thing is be a surveyor. Don't just like, oh my God, did you, 
like Flat Earth, when Flat Earth was coming around, I entertained it. I didn't commit to it. And so I guess on Tinfoil Half they say, are you married to the flat ball? No. I'm not ma flat ball. What the fuck did I even just say? Are you married to the round ball? Excuse me, is what they say. And am I married to the round ball? No, dude. I don't necessarily care if it's round or flat. I really don't. I think uh, when people focus externally, right, when your thoughts go outside of yourself and your concerns go to, like, whether the world's flat or not. And I love all these conversations, too. So, like, I love it as, like, a pastime, as, like, my science fiction reading. I look at conspiracy theory like science fiction. It's a pastime. But people look at it as, like, they're trying to find their new religion, their new philosophy, their new belief system. Like, they don't know what to believe in, and they don't know how to believe in themselves yet. So that's I, I believe in myself, and I'm only interested in myself. I'm an anarchist individualist, which is a nuanced thing. But I love learning and exploring and surveying external things in, in the world. But a lot of times, people just don't know how to do that, right? Something will come along like flat earth, and like all of a sudden, like that's their life, right? Like, and they can't let go. And I think that's kind of autistic. And I think there's a lot of more autism growing in this country. And when people say, and like, let me be, this is another part of the podcast where like, if you don't part and parcel your words and you don't make some word soup, you're going to get flagged for talking about things you shouldn't talk about, which is absolutely nonsense. So what I'm talking about, it's just, here's what it feels like if you really want to talk about serious issues. It feels like I'm back in college and I, I have to use person first language, right? With people with disabilities. And I don't mind learning how to speak in that formatted language that's designed by an institution and is continually changing. And like whether you know it one day, it changes tomorrow. So figure it out. Like I hate that. I hate I hate trying to learn the current. And this is why I started to resonate with old people. Like why why does my my dad still says retard, right? But my dad doesn't use it as a pejorative. And he uses it in a clinical sense when he tells stories from the past, right? And he's never changed that. He still talks like he's reading a textbook from 1950. And I know exactly what he means. I know he's not being, uh, what's it called? Rude? <laughs> he's not really calling anybody a pejorative. He's just like, it's a clinical thing. And uh, I don't like feel offense or like feel, I don't imagine anybody would feel offense. Um, my point in bringing that up is it's just so nauseating when you think about having to continually change the way you talk to appease society. And I don't mind doing it to small ways like, oh, you find out. Like I like the words. I like saying shit's gay. That's gay. This is gay. That was fun to me, right? And I don't, I'm like, oh, no, you're going to get canceled for that. I don't care. I always like saying stuff was gay. You know what I mean? <laughs> what? I don't know what to tell you. I still say it sometimes. Like, oh, that's gay. It doesn't mean anything to me. I have no... And here's the thing. Provo kid, are you bigoted? I was the only kid in my county, school, district, really to argue for gay rights and gay marriage. At a young age, and I would argue in every class I had, where the potential was to argue, uh, for gay marriage and gay rights. And it's very simple. My mother divorces people. So my mom told me, oh, if gay people get married chance, maybe we could go on more vacations. And I said, wow, that'd be cool. Makes sense, mom. 
gay people should be allowed to get married so they can get divorced. <laughs> oh, man. And so I would argue with these kids. I'm like, it's cat. And then all these conservative kids are like kind of, you know, conservative kids, con- like capitalism, money, stuff like that. So I'm like, but it's good for the economy. Marriage this, marriage. They just want tax benefits. But they'll contribute even more to the econ- economy than you might think. And when they get divorced, it helps the economy. <laughs> Like, why is that? Well, well, they got to pay somebody. And hopefully they pay my mom for the divorce. And I'd argue this shit. So I've always been pro-gay, I guess you could say. Um, even though I like to call things gay. And we're almost a half hour into this podcast. And I am just trying to figure out if this new mic is, is, is going to behave. I'm going to fucking just... <laughs> Fuck, bro. Um, so anyways, like, I, t- I talked about a little bit of personal things this podcast... Uh, my father, uh, uh, he told me this cool story. My dad is, uh, I'm talking about him just to remember him. And, uh, so the people can know this shit too. My dad is, uh, legitimately one of the greatest people ever to work with individuals with disabilities. And I'm going to explain why. Uh, he took an individual that had been, uh, in restraints. So tied down to a bed for, I think six years of it, uh, for six years, when my dad had met him, this individual had been tied down to a bed for, I don't know, 23 and a half hours in a day. I don't know how they did it. Or maybe 24 hours in a day. I They really have to unstrap him to change him and things like that, I'm sure. But he's always restrained. It doesn't matter. Always restrained, whether he's on a bed or a chair or whatever, whatever, whatever. And my dad is fucking a game changer, right? And... He kind of became famous for this in his field of work. He took this individual, right, who the state said needed to be restrained for 24 hours a day for six years of his life at some point. And my dad eventually got this individual unrestrained and living in his house as a normal person, right? And uh, my dad got certified as, like, a professional parent. Like, all types of these things working with the state. He has a Ph.D. in psychology. And it was like he made his home uh, what would be known as, like, group home like a group home i guess and but he took this individual uh who was in restraints and uh for six years at least and he got him unrestrained and participatory and interacting in society on such a high level he lived with my father and was a completely fucking normal person to the point to where my dad told me apparently my grandma lived with this guy (laughs) holy shit and it's just fucking nuts and like what would this guy do I don't know. I'm not going to share personal details, but, uh, and then my dad told me there's one other person, uh, besides this individual, uh, and that was, I guess, more severely disturbed. I'm not disturbed. I say, like, I don't want to, because eventually they weren't as disabled, right? So here's the story. My dad had this individual, uh, who, uh, was self-injurious and to the point to where they were completely restrained themselves for most of the day, most of their life, uh, because they would hurt themselves. And they would hurt themselves to such a significant degree, right, that they had to have a tube in their tongue because they would injure their own tongue and swallow, like bite their tongue. It sounds, it sounds disgusting because it is. And eat it and swallow it because that's how much these, this in person would like be into these fits. Or whatever you would call him. So my dad told me about this story when he was working at the this place he was working at. I can provide details later, but it doesn't really matter. I don't know if I should provide details because just be general. And 
he's working and he meets this individual and they start recording his treatment plan with this individual and my dad gets them out of restraints uh let's just say in five five to six months and this person who was completely restrained right all the way with the tube in their tongue became i more participatory in their day-to-day life in a way that was healthy like that's just shocking and this person my dad told me when he met her she was like wrapped in styrofoam to prevent any type of injurious behavior and a tube in her tongue like that's my dad worked in the time where there was institutions and he worked through the phase of deinstitutionalization as well and he was uh he was a person first approach and he was actually very ahead of his time. Um, that is why I am who I am, you know, as far as like my concern for people with disabilities, because I took his approach, uh, which was, I guess, it was so avant-garde. It was so ahead of its time to treat uh, individuals with disabilities like, I quote unquote, like normal people as much as you can, right? And it sounds weird to say that, but uh, there was a time in history where nobody doesn't like here's my point people my dad has met people and worked with individuals who have been labeled like uh i guess severely disabled cognitively physically and my dad eventually works with them and he finds out oh oh there's the fucking sirens my dad finds out these people are caught like a quote-unquote um have a normal iq cognitively function but like the way their ability to communicate it and there wasn't anybody who had the qualifications to test them and find out really their their level of ability and so it's just shocking to think there were there are people there have been people who've lived their entire life and been treated in such terrible ways and you know I'm pro I I mean this stuff's all impacted my life so I just thought I'd share that because one of the things I thought I would do is the last couple podcasts is try to create, and I told told myself this, is to look into the things that happen in my day and my life and try to bring that into the podcast. And I think I do that naturally, but um, my it's kind of a struggle sometimes to like sit here and be like, what's my life about? Or what story should I say? What can I talk about? Um, you know, woe is me sometimes. But this is the fucking podcast, and maybe, like, what else will it? I wonder if anybody else can hear that shit. So, yeah, man. It's an interesting world we live in. And it's nuts where we are now. And it's changing and has changed so fast when I hear some of the stories my father's told me. And I think, holy fuck. Like... You grinded for years of your life. And I know, not personally, but I know there's kids who are like 20, 23, who just like, you know, got lucky with crypto and like balled out. You know, like it's nuts. And it's nuts how some people reach material success so quickly and other people it takes a lot longer. And it's weird. It's just weird, man. And when people are like, why do you forgive student loans? Not that my father has student loan debts, but... Uh, just understanding that there are PhD people out there, there are master's degree people are out there that are working with individuals with disabilities and they still have student loans, that, that sickens my heart, right? That bothers me, anybody who works with that type of population or any population that, and for that matter, who's like 
I would call in need and you are a wage slave to that system rather than pursuing it like honestly, um, that bothers me. What do I mean by that? Honestly, um, the state, oh dude, here's, here's my, here's something I want to talk about. Nobody is more psychologically conditioned than college people. Like, and what I mean by that, they're, nobody is more brainwashed than somebody who went to college and nobody has more potential, I think, to unbrainwash them, themselves than somebody who went to college. If you use the skills that were attempted to have, have been given to you in college, right? What I mean by that, critical thinking, uh, analysis, blah, 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 uh, ability to interpret and understand data. That's why sometimes when people are like, why don't you trust, hey, COVID kid, why aren't you getting the, hey, COVID kid. <laughs> Uh, Provo kid, why didn't you get the Provo? Why didn't you get the, hey Provo kid, why didn't you get the COVID? Jeff, oh, because do you know what the success rate for the flu one is? <laughs> and you think they they cracked the code in two years? <laughs> People are so fucking crazy, like they just trust institutions, right? Um, it's absolutely mind numbing. And the reason I don't trust institutions is because I went to college. Right. Uh, but most of the time when you go to college, uh, you're indebted to the system. You're forced to trust it. Then they say, um, well, to help you pay off the student loans, why don't you go work at an inner city school? <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you do some shit for the government and we'll help you pay it off? Oh, man, it's so sick and disgusting. And I get it because uh, my parents grew up in a system where if you did go to college, it was actually affordable. Um, if you did go to college and you graduated, um, there was actually potential for you to do something with your degree and still n change your life as well. You know what I mean? You could say, oh, I got this degree in this, but you know what? I think I'm going to pursue this, this line of work because I'm not in hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. And um, so I think that whole aspect is interesting. And yeah, man, what a fucking podcast, dude. So, but eventually the, the educational system just turned into a paper mill. And when it did turn into a paper mill, I'm the product of uh, two parents who s still believed in that system. And I was, and this is the whole point about conditioning and uh, just America, like choices and slavery. And like, uh, was, it's like uh, some people never had a choice to go to Charlotte. Like some people, oh, I never had the option to go to college. I really never had the option not to go to college. And I get that sometimes. And why do people like fuck up in college and drop out? It's because they were like cattle cornered into college, right? And then they're cattle cornered into college and then they don't want to be there. So they severely, uh, they create severe defi deficits in their performance and their behaviors. To, so they drop out and then, then they do what they want to do, right? It's, uh, it's interesting. Um, but this is the Provo Kid Podcast. We're about 20 minutes away from ending it. This has been the realest episode yet. No, it's just been whatever, dude. Um, I'm excited to, like, do guest podcasts. And I got the chairs and everything. It's weird to, you know, and it feels... If, if I had friends, it'd be cool too. But the reality is, dude, this is something too my father told me. Uh, sorry, friends, if you listen. 
uh, and I do have some friends. But what I mean by friends is, and friendships change. People don't understand that either. Um, man, life changes so fucking much. It's it's crazy, right? It's ab- it's absolutely mind numbing. I think how fast life changes for some people. It changes in a day. It changes in years. It changes in months. Like the the amount of change that just occurs. Change can happen in seconds, baby. Just boom, your life's completely different. Uh, it could happen in months. Like you slowly degenerate, and something, something. But fuck, man, friendship. So, like, I thought, oh, I have three chairs in the back, man. Me and my friends could like hang out and chill. I thought, but I don't even have like two other friends. <laughs> it sounds bad, and I do. But the, the the problem is, and this is what happens when you get older: they get married, they they move. Uh, they have kids. They uh, they just live far away. So the reality is, like when you're young and you have friends, it's you run over to Johnny's door and you knock on it and you see if he's there. And if he is, you run to the park, you play games, you whatever, 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 right? Like when you're an adult, like the friends you've established might live miles away, states away. So, uh, the, like friendships and then you, you start a family like, Hey man, can you hang out? No, this reason, that reason, that third. So it's just interesting where, uh, people, here's a real sign of adulthood when you lose friends. Okay. Uh, people who have a lot of friends and I, I get this here, here, what are friends for? Uh, I think. It's such a difficult thing to talk about, man. Friendship, friends. Like I feel like John Locke, thoughts on friends, thoughts on friendship or whatever. I read that at one point to improve my understanding of friendship. Um, but like friends, man, what are, what are they, dude? Uh, I really, and I, this might sound, sound like I'm talking about friends that are in your personal life, right? I'm not talking about internet friends, people who are nice to you on Instagram. Shit don't matter. Does, does, does matter. Does. Sorry, guys. Like my stuff. But what I'm saying is friendship that's on a personal level is different than anything that can be manufactured <clears throat> through a phone. And when you get older, yeah, what happens to that, dude? And I, I see some people have friends. It's like when you become older, um, you have friends because like what? Are, this is something I observe. Um, adults develop friendships because their kids become friends. That's about it. So, like, you have your adults you establish when you're young, right? Uh, adults, you have adults you have established when you're young. What the fuck am I saying? Uh, you have friends you establish when you're young that, you know, can maintain into your adulthood. And then, usually, they, they dissipate and start their own lives. And then you have... Uh, friendships as an adult with children and those friendships are usually amongst uh the parents of other children who are friends with your child if that makes any fucking sense so right now my child is two years old right and her friends so to speak are family members i guess and um, because the truth is not a lot of people around me have a two-year-old that are also my age. It sounds weird. All my friends who have kids live far away, dude. Fuck. And I'm in Provo where they should be. This is the heart of Mormondom. 
But it's funny you find the Provo kid here, man. It's funny you find the Provo kid. Here's something the LDS Church was late on, podcasts. They just didn't get it. And maybe they do, but it's like, why isn't there a Provo podcast? I am the Provo podcast, obviously. There's nothing nothing more to that. Uh, what is what a podcast episode this was too. What do I think about these things when I when I sit here and I do it and like why do I do it? What is it all for, man? I don't know, dude. I really don't. It's just to fucking hang out and chill for the most part. Um, and I think the whole thing about friendship also as well is that maybe because my friends don't live as close to me or they're not as available now, maybe that's all right. But what I can do is replicate something. Uh, that creates the, what's it called, the feeling of friendship through podcast. So that's what I think I'm doing on some level with the guests. Uh, this podcast has just been a fucking ripper, hasn't it? Um, just been whatever. I, like, what do we think, dude? What do I really think sometimes? Um, I think that... The fact that I went to high school is stupid. Uh, <laughs> it's nuts where people look at it. There's this whole thing that adolescence has been extended into adulthood, right? Where you see, uh, you know, children being children longer, which is fine. If I guess. I don't know. Fuck, bro. Um, but my point is, excuse me, I could have under the right milieu have found a passion but the programming that's conditioned in school and stuff is so the pattern and the scripts are so strong and it's funny here's here's another thing you don't see how many pro college propaganda movies did you see when i was young you know what i mean like they were all like college party college 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 it's nuts it's nuts how many like the, the biggest movie of my generation, what's it called, Superbad, is about going to college. Because what else do you do? You wouldn't start your own business. That'd be crazy, Provo kid. You wouldn't become a streamer or like these things, these movies that were made. Like Superbad, American Pie, Go On and On, Road Trip. Cancel, uh, cancel. Excuse me. All this shit was such pro-college propaganda and then got shoved down the throats of young American children. We're like, oh, there's tits in college? <laughs> and even before that, if you don't believe me, what is like Porky's and all these other like 80s, 70s movies, Revenge of the Nerds? Like, They were all movies engineered and designed to make you go to college. Like college is supposed to rip and rip hard. And then what they did simultaneously, I think the colleges, I would like to look at the college's books and see how many of them in some way funded movies that promoted degeneracy in attending college. I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, there's just tons of movies out there where people talk about the military industrial complex. Talk about the uh, industrial college complex. Let's talk about how many fucking movies there are that make you want to become a lawyer, to become a doctor, to become... Uh, just think about the TV shows about being a lawyer, right? I remember watching them, and it's, it is what it is, right? 
I remember watching Ally McBeal, Law and Order. Do you think that's what I wanted to watch? No. It's my fucking lawyer mom wanted to watch. Love her. God bless her. But, it, you know what I mean? That's just the way things are. There's this heavy propaganda to reinforce people's decision making. And it was here's why it was so hard to see for our parents because the TV was new. Imagine not having a TV in your house, right? That was, that was my family. Right at some point where they didn't have a color TV, what, bro? Again, you didn't have standard definition color TV? No, bro. Sauce? Maybe I did. Maybe I. I don't even know. I had one of those TVs that were big fucking boxes, right? The the the, that that weighed a thousand pounds. You you like you could, you could if you rolled it down a hill, it's a boulder. You know what I mean? Get out of the way. So, that's my life, right? People don't get that. I feel like my grandma right now, I used to talk to my grandma, God bless her soul, and I'd say, Grandma, Grandma, tell me. And I'd ask the same questions because she'd tell me the same stories and I just was fucking with her. And I'd say, Grandma, Grandma, what was it like without a TV? (laughs) Grandma, what'd you do when you were growing up? And it's funny... I want everybody to, to know this, uh, like just straight up. People are like, you know how many people died of the flu? You know how many Americans were malnourished? <laughs> you know how many Americans drink sewage water? You know the, you know the quality of health care in the country? So when like there's all these things where, you know how dangerous things were in the past? Yeah, bud. Because guess what? They didn't know shit. And then they learned some shit. But it wasn't because shit was so deadly. That's my whole point. It's like, you get your arm chopped off, right? Okay? Today, you're saved. 100 years ago, you're dead. Simple, right? Maybe 200, 300 years ago. You're gone. It's over. Goodbye. Hasta la vista. It's still an arm chop off. My point is, you get a bug. You get a flu. 200, 300 years ago. I think you die. I think you get something happening to you. Who knows, man? Today it's different. Treat it. Uh, I know nothing about health. I'm not a doctor. In fact, I have the same qualification. I would actually argue I have more qualifications than Bill Gates to talk about health. I have taken several health classes throughout my uh, high school, college, graduate program. And health has in classes that uh, had to deal with uh, human health which has to deal with psychology stuff like that even like other things that aren't to do with psychology <laughs> what a fucking shitty podcast sometimes man I don't get disappointed in myself uh, and I don't think this podcast is a disappointment uh, I think it's actually a fairly good podcast uh, I hope the audio is alright using this new mic and just making sure everything works feel rather grateful to make podcasts and just speak my mind and talk about what I want to talk about. And I feel excited to have the opportunity to have guests in the studio. I feel excited to also have uh, guests lined up in the next coming months for my Patreon. And I would really appreciate if, you know, people subscribe to it. But in all honesty, in all honesty, uh, it's okay if you guys don't. I understand. Times are tough. 
Uh, but I'd really appreciate it if you did. So, um, fuck, bro. This is my gratitude section. Um, oh, I know what that noise is. Like, what the fuck is that, dude? Sorry, guys. This studio that I that I what's it called? What would be the word? I inhabit. I I, I have my domicile under. Yeah, there's it's it's right next to the compressor room for the entire uh, studio complex building. <gasps> what a podcast, dude! And I started the podcast with Lonely Heights, and I'm gonna end the podcast with my next, hopefully, guest that's in person, which will be uh, Hollow Hill. And I don't think it'll be the whole band. I think I already said all this, but they had to reschedule today. And if you're wondering, like, Provo Kid, Provo Kid, you said, uh, you said you're going to have a guest today. Well, things change, dude. And I'm uh, checking my Instagram, seeing if I got any news. No. Uh, but what I was checking for, I talking to someone, might have him on a, as a guest, so. Lots of things coming. It isn't one or two people. It isn't one or two things. Uh, and fuck, bro. I was talking about Mercury Retrograde. That's the whole point. Uh, the title. I had to reschedule. Right? And if you know anything I've been saying for the past three weeks. It's three weeks. Three. It feels like three weeks because I make f- f- five episodes a week, I guess. Uh, what I've been saying is Mercury retrograde really fucked up time for communication. So I reached out and I communicated to these people and reschedule, reschedule. And that's what happens. I've had like four, I, this since Mercury retrograde started, I swear to God, four people, five people have just been like, I'll get back to you. Let's do this later. Blah, 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 blah. And I, I don't take it personally. <laughs> uh, cause people are busy and the people I'm talking to are, uh, not, what would you call it? They're up there. Uh, they're 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 busy people. I'm not asking uh, people to do my podcast who don't who aren't doing nothing. Everybody who I want to do my podcast is very busy. So what I'm saying is uh, that makes sense to me uh, as well. I'm not. My whole point is I don't think they're avoiding me. All of them have been very generous. Like yeah, let's get together, let's work. Uh, some of them have rescheduled twice now, and. That's Mercury retrograde, baby. That's all that is. But if you weren't so aware of your astrology, you'd be like maybe thinking it's something else. So uh, anyways, uh, Hollow Hill is, you know, a wonderful band out of Utah. So so is Lonely Heights. We we jammed out to them earlier uh, to start it. I did Hollow Heights, dude. That's funny, dude. I would love if these two guys got together and like somehow made something, you know what I mean? And I'll say this hollow Hill, since I started following them, their subscribers are going up, baby. It's good to see. Uh, what would I like to listen to? Jeez. I play a lot of their music, man. <laughs> Personally throughout my day and just in general. So I'm just thinking like, what do, uh, I'll play this. God bless you. Thank you all for listening, watching, supporting. Support Hollow Hill. They rock.
Over. 